Parenting teens is hard. Parenting teens in crisis is even harder, and we live in a culture that is really good at hiding. You know, we keep these struggles tucked in real tight around us, and so when something happens in our families that's tough and maybe even a little embarrassing, we feel like we're all alone. I promise you that you're not alone. But you definitely need a place where you can be a part of honest conversations that give a voice to the challenges you're facing. A place that normalizes the hard that we have to walk through with our teenagers. So I'm inviting you to join us on this path towards healing, where we'll discuss topics that drive out shame and teach us how to navigate the emotions and uncertainty that come with parenting a teenager facing the juvenile court system. This twice-monthly podcast is presented by Pathways to Hope Network, and we strive to do all of that while honoring the unyielding love a mother has for her child. Hi, friend. I am so glad that you have been listening to this series we've been doing on self-compassion. You know, each week as I'm viewing the numbers of downloads for these episodes, it makes me so happy to know that these tiny seeds are being planted in your heart. I hope that as you have listened, you've taken away a little piece from each one of these episodes and that in some way it has served to remind you that you are such an important part of this equation. In fact, Mama, you are the most important part. Today is our last episode in this series, and we are wrapping it up with one of my all-time favorite ways to practice self-care, spending time with friends. I think part of the reason I love to think of this as an act of self-compassion is because it's so easy to practice. While it may take discipline to reach out when we're struggling, that's really the hardest part of the practice. Once we're around our people, we are able very naturally to put down our heavy and come up for air. Joining me in this conversation today is my very best friend, Tanya. Tanya is someone who, through the practice of showing up for me repeatedly, has become someone that I know will receive me when I feel like I'm all put together with some makeup and a cute outfit, or when I'm barely holding it all together, and all I can do is manage a baseball cap, a dirty sweatshirt, and some leggings. I treasure this woman for her willingness to show up in my life, even when showing up requires being uncomfortable. Like when your best friend wants to record a podcast with you, puts a microphone in front of you, and tells you to act normal. Sorry, T. So let's go ahead and jump in on that conversation now. We're talking about um, this idea... Of how important self-care is, mm-hmm. even though we're horrible at it. I think we're getting better. We're making we're making a conscious decision to think yeah. about it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that comes with age? Yeah, I, I do, because you start reevaluating things a lot more. You do. Your brain isn't so overwhelmed with kid tasks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you start thinking about... Yeah. Oh, who am I and what do I need? And yeah, yeah, start thinking about things a little more. You're not overwhelmed to the point of putting yourself last. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think it you have the mental space. Yes. Right? To even just begin to consider. Right. Consider that. So so that's kind of the challenge, I think, with having a podcast or a series even about self-care. Like even as I'm doing these episodes, I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I'm 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 saying these things, but I don't know how much it's going to really sit. And so I think what I've tried to just tell myself is that maybe this is just planting seeds. Like maybe this is just putting that little thing in their heart so that when they are ready, they're like, oh yeah, I heard a podcast about that once. Or I remember, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just that little thing and recognizing that, yeah, it's gonna be really challenging. Right. For people to um, even just start going for a walk or, you know, even the smallest things. Right. So, okay. So a little bit of backstory is that this is our third attempt <laughs> at this, <laughs> at this uh, episode. It is. In our first episode attempt, we had too much fun. <laughs> It was, it was too fun. <laughs> it was too fun. You put the headphones on me, put a mic in front of me, and we, we go off the rails. We do. <laughs> we, we experienced that. We did. And we also experienced how important it is to have a, um, what are those things called? Uh, an SD card. An SD card actually <laughs> recording yes. what you think you are recording. Very important. Very important. Very important. <laughs> Our second attempt was... um, Not the right mind space to talk. Yeah, it was just, we weren't, yeah, we weren't... We weren't weren't talking about anything that day. (laughs) It just wasn't going to... It wasn't going to happen. So this is our third attempt. Yes. We're crossing our fingers. Yes. I feel Um, good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel good about it. I do too. We're hoping for the best um, because otherwise there will not be an episode on friendship. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just skip right over that. So... You know we've been doing a series on self-compassion or self-care. Yes. How would you define self-care? I would define it as making space for yourself. I, I think of it as a kind of a chart uh, or a, gra- a pie. Okay. And we give pieces of the pie to everyone else. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to us, we're like, no, we're good. Yeah. No, we're good. We're yeah. good. Yeah. But... There comes a time when if you don't take any pie for yourself, <laughs> you're not going to have, I mean, there's nothing left. They're yeah. Just, you're, you're just not. Just an empty pie plate. You're just an empty pie plate. And what yeah. does that help? That doesn't help anyone. Yeah. Yeah. We need pie. We need pie. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's it, a good way to describe it. That's how I visually yeah. see it in my head. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, you've given all the... the a piece of pie to work and you've given a piece of pie to your your each child and a mm-hmm. piece of pie to your husband or mm-hmm. or wife and then what's left yeah your friends and your yeah, yeah. your you know whatever yeah, every other responsibility a hobby if you could fit it in but most likely not most likely not that would be the pie would be gone already right yeah yeah, yeah. the laundry gets the pie the, the dishes the, the dinner gets, oh yeah. the dinner the dinner. Ugh. No one ever told me that yeah. life was going to be a planning meals. That's that's uh, constantly constant. 
share with me a little bit about what your self-care journey has looked like and how that has changed through the years. Well, in the beginning, definitely with children, um, there was no self-care. Yeah. And I feel like through the 30s, I was a, I was a young mom. And for one, I, I always thought that that was going to be my role. I graduate high school. I find someone to marry. Mm-hmm. I have children. And I'm a mom. Yeah. Never thinking, what does that all mean? Yeah. Or is that the steps I, I want to take? Right. Or, you know, there's all those things yeah. that happen. And then the 30s, once you've had the children, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'm here and I'm doing it. And it's just a chaotic kids and diapers and school and work and food and, you know, all the things. Mm-hmm. And there, there wasn't time. But I was... I was noticing that I needed it more and more as time okay. went on. I was going to ask you that. Do you do you feel like for yourself personally, you felt the absence of it? Like, did you feel like, man, or or are you just kind of in survival mode, would you say? I would say through my 30s, definitely in survival mode. Yeah, I agree. And it was just like, you're battling through everything. Yeah. Just want to get through it, get through the next day. And that's not, when I look back, that's, I wish I would have been participating in the day-to-day more than trying to get over it, get through it, you know? Yeah. There's so many things that, I mean, there's there's a lot of joy and happy and sadness in in all the childhood, you know, times Mm -hmm. of my children, but I wasn't present enough. Yeah. And I wish I would have been more present looking back. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that just comes, though, with experience, right? you know? The other thing I think is you're saying 30s, we didn't, we had our children in our early 20s, right? You were in your early 20s when you, yes. yeah. So we had our children in our early 20s, and so, you know, by the time we're in our 30s, you know, it's, it's we're at that stage where it's practices and schools, and it's not necessarily tough tied to our age it's tied to the phase that we were in right in life right Mm -hmm. I think one thing that's different is that when we were in that stage there the world wasn't the same as it is now like there wasn't podcasts there wasn't YouTube videos there wasn't all this information that was out there that was offering us a different perspective even right so what we were doing is we were looking at our parents right and how they parented right and then as we all do we want to be a better parent than our parents right because not that we were but we see what we could have used more of or less of and we try to overcompensate for that right so right we came i i came from a generation of do you know where your kids are yeah (laughs) right and so i'm like Okay, I always know where my kids are. Yeah, there's you know a mark for me. I'm do I'm doing I'm doing good. Yeah, but um, there was no model for no. self care. No, no, <clears throat> there was books on pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had books on that. Yeah, okay, got through that. Yeah. Now what? Right, there isn't that knowledge base that there is now. Yeah, part of it too is what you were saying about um, 
having even the mental space, right? The, right? Even the capacity to begin to start to think about those things. And so now um, your children are grown. They are. And so I think anybody who has grown children knows that once your children are grown, that doesn't mean that you stop worrying or that there is nothing else for you to fret and fear over. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that continues. Um, I remember having a moment of uh, realization when my mom was worried about what my brother, who at the time was in his 50s, you know, was eating on a daily basis. <laughs> right, and right. I thought, it never ends right it just always continues which i had no idea yeah i mean if you would have asked me in my 20s before i had my children right you know oh well they're tier 19 and then yeah. they're on their own yeah yeah no no that's not how that works because i think for us that was that was our experience it was right? i was on my own yeah. yeah and we don't understand or even our moms never really spoke to us about the fact that they still had worries and concerns right. over us and so we just felt like well we're self-sufficient we're on our own that's how it's going to be for right for our kids and it's it's not it's not it's something very different than yeah that. so so what does self-care look like to you now so it's kind of evolved from just trying to find what i like and you know find where i exist in the world yeah. is kind of my self-care yeah. i've gone through a lot of different things like you know hobbies and crafts and and i've kind of stuck with working out mm -hmm. that is the biggest thing mm -hmm. that i enjoy and that brings me peace and it takes away the anxiety and makes me feel good gets the blood pumping and so that's kind of what I've stuck to for the last several years yeah. is fitness and you feel like you're better now at creating space in your schedule to make sure that you're taking care of yourself in a way that you weren't like do you feel more committed to that now oh yes it's a it's a necessity for my for my health for my mental well-being yeah um, at this point it's so ingrained in my daily it's it's as ingrained in my daily life as deciding what to eat for dinner uh to brush my teeth to you know call my kids whatever it is that you do yeah it's it's ingrained because i've done it for so long yeah. now that it's i can't live without it right and i think the encouragement there is to people who are listening is that this moment that that feels like it's going to be your forever is not going to be your forever you know that there is going to come a time when you're going to get past this space you're going to be able to um, pour into yourself more you're going to be able to learn how to let things go better than you're able to now. Mm -hmm. Everything that you're experiencing right now is all part of learning and growing. And we don't see it that way when we're in the middle of trauma and crisis in our lives, but right. it is just this part that is shaping 
you. It's shaping your child. It's shaping your relationship with your spouse. And there's going to be bumps in the road, obviously. But I guess I just wanted to encourage the people who who are listening right now and they're saying to themselves like, yeah, there's no there's no way that I would ever have. You will. And and I think that's a good place for us to kind of begin this conversation on what does that look like practically now if we start adding that in. Right. So one of the benefits that I get from practicing self-care with you is that it helps me rediscover joy. Yes. Talking about whatever it is that I'm struggling with normalizes the struggle that I'm going through, right? So anytime I'm holding on to something that I feel fear around or I feel shame around or even just heartache around I find that when I speak those words when I bring that thing into light it reduces my shame just by speaking it yes do you agree with that yeah yeah it's like free therapy yeah say it get it out yeah and have someone listen and there's they don't need to fix it yeah they don't need to give you a, a response even mm-hmm. just to hear it accept you accept it and let you get it out yeah and the other thing that it does is that it reminds me that life isn't so serious because at some point in our conversation laughter is going to sneak in definitely you know and so for us it's usually like um, we'll be having a conversation and if I come to you and I say you know you are not going to believe um, I'll go with um, I'll go with Josh right now because he's the youngest and the least likely person to get in trouble at this point anyway um, you're not going to believe what Joshua did at school today you can say something like what a moron you know like <laughs> I tell you and it immediately is like yeah okay yeah he is he is a moron he is and then we can just kind of process through it or whatever or not process through it but it it dampens what feels I guess it it, how do I want to say it like it um lightens the heaviness of it all yeah or uh cuts the heaviness of it all yeah it does it's like it it kind of like or maybe turns the temperature down yeah you know so like what what felt really hot and high Mm -hmm. like it just kind of reduces the temperature down a little bit and that's always um that's always just like such a blessing to have that what do you think it is about friendship with others specifically our girlfriends that is able to rekindle joy in us i think a lot of it is shared life experiences Mm mm-hmm and just being able to understand maybe not the exact situation but in general the situations that you've experienced through your life and being able to understand where they're coming from and listen and maybe add a little levity because i think that's super important yeah to all of it Mm -hmm. uh, because we have enough uh, heaviness yeah just in life in the world i mean yeah i I think that laughter and just joy, if you can sprinkle it everywhere, it really makes a big difference. It does, yeah. It does. Another benefit we often experience when we incorporate friendship into our self-care comes as a result of our friends having this unique way of anchoring us when everything else feels out of control. Mm -hmm. 
So for me, it's been so healing to have someone to talk to during the times when one of my kids was really struggling in school or with an addiction or even facing charges, but also in moments when I felt like I had really messed up as a mom. Part of the reason I think that's so powerful is that our friends are able to speak truth into our lives in a way that few others can. We can communicate things like, you're right, you aren't perfect, but that doesn't mean you aren't still a good mom. And by doing that, I think they also keep us grounded on what's important. How important do you think being anchored or grounded is for us on these healing journeys? I think it's extremely important. I know that when I was going through um, things with my son, Mm -hmm. actually I still have some things that I'm going through with my Mm -hmm. son, that having someone to talk to has been extremely important. Friendship. We we didn't know each other when I was dealing with all the original issues that we had with my teenage son. And so... Did you have somebody at that time? I had no one, actually. did it alone. Mm-hmm. When you when you think back at that time, like in retrospect, can you think now of anybody that you could have possibly gone to and talked about that with? Or does it still feel like nobody would have understood? I was so wrapped up in the work, the kids, the house, there wasn't room for anybody else. Yeah. And I didn't put any effort towards it. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing is you need to put effort towards it, even though it doesn't feel like like you have any energy to give. Mm-hmm. You need to put energy towards reaching out and being with other people. Mm-hmm. And that's where the whole self-care comes in. Even though it feels so wrong, mm-hmm. be selfish. Mm-hmm. Be selfish a little bit mm-hmm. because it's not really selfish. It's just necessary. On the airplane, you put your mask on first. So you right. can help others. I was in uh, search and rescue, and one of our rules as we're going out on search and rescue hikes is that you make sure that you stay safe because if you put yourself deep in harm's way, mm-hmm. you get injured, you get hurt in some way, mm-hmm. You're no good to anyone. Yeah. You have to take care of yourself so you can be good for someone else. Mm -hmm. And so you can grab them out of harm's way. So Mm -hmm. you can have something to give to that other person. But if you're not okay, then you have nothing to really give. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay, so there were three benefits that I wanted to cover today. The first was how practicing self-care with a friend helps us rediscover joy. The second was how it anchors us. And the third was how our friendships help us decompress. So there have been times for me, and I think for you as well, when we had plans to get together and I was really struggling. During those times, like I knew I just wanted to isolate and I wanted to be alone. But we had a date on the calendar to meet for... Uh, Mexican food. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because what do you always say about chips and salsa? No one's crying over chips and salsa. No one's crying over chips and salsa. I feel like we need to make a t-shirt that says that. Well, and if you add in a margarita, we may be laughing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. That's true. Over chips and salsa. Exactly. Yes. So I would push through and 
I always, always left feeling so much better. How would you say our friends are able to help us decompress from the heavy stuff that we're dealing with? Well, like we've done many times is we get it all out. Yeah. Right away. Right. We see each other. We give hugs. We say hi. We grab coffee. Yeah. And then. The dump. Yeah. Just get it out. (laughs) The dump. Get it out. I don't care if you're listening or not. Yeah. (laughs) I really don't. It doesn't matter if your eyes are glazed over. (laughs) As long as you're not looking at your phone. Yeah. Don't be looking at your phone. Yeah. 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 That's all I. Yeah. As long as you're listening yeah. and I'm speaking it all out and yeah. I'm getting it out and then, oh, right. It's like oh. the pressure release and then you relax. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's been heavy, 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 heavy yeah. for a week, a month, a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Set it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoy the moment, mm-hmm. which I try to practice a lot more mm-hmm. is here we are. We're yeah. right here, mm-hmm. right this moment. Mm-hmm. Let's be in this moment. Right. And I don't not, have to figure anything no. out. I don't have to solve anybody's problems. Right. I can just be. Right. Don't be in the past. Yeah. Or the future. The future. Yeah. 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 Just be present, which takes practice. It does. Yeah. But I think we're, we're, we're really good at it these days. Yeah. I, I I definitely think that we've gotten better, you know, the more that we've done it. And I think the other thing is that you see blind spots or you offer different perspectives for me. So one example is, um, you know, there was one conversation that we had where my husband was really irritating me because I felt like he was being (laughs) selfish I'm sure nobody no. can relate to Husbands that. Husbands don't do that. No, no, they're not selfish Never. ever. Never. Um, and in that moment, like you listened to me, you empathized with me, and then um, you brought in humor. You know, like you're <laughs> like men are idiots. You know, like just <laughs> after you know after after you listened and you empathized with me, and then you reminded me of something important, and that was that he was still a pretty good husband. And um, he provides for your family. Right. He's there for you every night. He's. Yeah. So yeah. by mentioning kind of all the things <laughs> that he gets right, um, that shifted my perspective right. a little bit. Right. Like I got to be able to release it. Um, I got to be able to have my feelings validated and acknowledged. I got to lighten it a little bit with, you know, some humor. And then I also got to be reminded of what's important really here right. and um that's the power of having a good friend to share your life with I think. definitely and yeah. you've done that for me as well yeah on several occasions just yeah, yeah letting me get it out mm-hmm. bringing the light lighter side to the mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. and looking at it from outside eyes yeah it it makes a world of difference it really does yeah yeah so let's talk real quick about some of the barriers to wrap up, um, one of the things that we have talked about before, which is something that I never hear discussed, but I think it's really important that we talk about this feeling inside of us that we need to punish ourselves in some way. And by that, I mean, when things are not going well in our lives, to seek out happiness or to seek out joy 
or um, to experience those things feels wrong. You know, it's almost like this, like we feel like, no, we need to be sitting in the hurt and the heavy at all times. And that can get in the way of practicing self-compassion and self-care. And I don't even think it's a cognitive thing. No. Like, I don't think that anybody is thinking like, no, I'm punishing myself. But I think that it is, it is a reality that people experience. And so, um... I guess I wanted to see what you thought about that and Mm -hmm. if you have any advice to that person who might be listening and has kind of banished themselves to Isolation Island. I think that everyone, even when they're not going through trauma, has that. Um, I just heard something, I think it was yesterday, that, um, you know, I, I had a bad day yesterday. Was it five minutes of something bad happening Or did you punish yourself for five minutes all day long? Mm -hmm. And I think we do that already, Mm -hmm. Um, just in general, not not going through any kind of trauma or any kind of issues in life, but just the Mm day-to-day, we're predisposed to do that. So then when we do have problems, then it really escalates and... We can find ourselves dragging it on, dragging on, dragging it on, um, and punishing ourselves by not by not being willing to step outside of that. So, what do you think? What what advice would you give somebody then in that situation? What's kind of what do you see as the first step that they could take if they're recognizing that there is just really no uh, desire, I guess, to to want to reach out to a friend. There's many times that I just want to self-isolate. Mm-hmm. I want to block everyone out. I want to uh, bury my head in some social media of yeah. some kind, give myself that... Facebook that, Reels. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Instagram, TikTok, whatever yeah. it is, and just sit in the pain mm-hmm. that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And... And I get that. I mean, I yeah. I do it. I know other people do it. Mm-hmm. It's it's an escape mm-hmm. from the issues and the pain that you're feeling, mm-hmm. which is hard to pull yourself out of. Yeah. But you need to push yourself out of it. And it's uncomfortable. And it's difficult. And, and when you're stuck in that situation, you're overthinking things. Mm-hmm. And you're just, you're too in your head. And that's where having friends and the exercise and all those things Mm -hmm. to pull you out of thinking so much. Yeah. Thinking's overrated. Yeah. You know, I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's great to be smart. It's, it's good to have your head wrapped around things, but too much knowledge, Mm -hmm. too much information, Mm -hmm. not necessarily knowledge, but too much information, too much just thinking and not doing. Yeah. It, it's too much. Yeah, it keeps you stuck. Yeah. It does. It keeps you stuck. It's like you're locked in yeah. to this. Um, yeah, you're just wrapped up in your own your own issues and just locked in. And so getting out of that, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But force yourself. Yeah. Force yourself to go talk to someone. People yeah. need people. Yeah. Force yourself yeah. to get some physical exercise, even if it's just walking. Mm-hmm. 
You don't have to go to the gym or run on a treadmill for 45 minutes. That's, you know, that's, that's ridiculous. You don't have to do that. A 10 minute walk change everything will yeah. change your perspective right yeah lunch out with a friend yeah will change your perspective it will change everything yeah and i think that brings up a good point like that social media the facebook reels the tiktok videos the um the netflix binges that's great to provide you a maybe a temporary reprieve from whatever it is you're it's feeling es- it's an escape but the second that you stop it's all still there whereas if you go for a walk, right? If you go have lunch with a friend, yes. If you do something where you're actually changing your physical state, yes. You're changing the energy around you. You're changing your environment. Yeah. You're changing, yeah. It, everything. It does work to shift a little bit what's going on inside you. And again, right back to the oxygen mask, back to the search and rescue metaphor. That's not just needed for you. That's needed for your family. Right. Because I think as moms, especially, we are more likely to do something if we know it's going to benefit somebody else than if we know it's going to benefit us. Right. And so recognizing that, like, this is for the betterment of everyone involved. Self-care is for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do it for yourself so yeah. you can be show up and do better for others. Right. Right. It pays in dividends. It does. Yeah. Um, okay. I would also suggest that you pick a few people that you trust or believe that you could trust. So maybe you have a counselor, maybe you have a family member, a friend, maybe me. So one of the things that I offer is on our website, pathwaystohopenetwork.org, there is on the homepage, there's a button that you can push to schedule a virtual meeting. So So that could be part of it as well. So part of self-care is creating those outlets for yourself, having enough compassion for yourself as a mama who is currently parenting through some hard stuff and needs to be loved on. And it's okay to admit that we need to be loved on. Of course we do. Right. Yeah. Right. Add a little little love into a hard situation. Self-love into a hard situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It is. It is. Yeah, it's all right to be like, man, I just, I need some love right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, get it out. So I like to try to end podcast episodes with a couple actionable steps. Uh, One I was thinking of was I recommend a standing date with a friend a minimum of twice a month. Like just get them on the calendar. Right. Right. And I think that you'll be surprised at how much just knowing there is a day scheduled for you to be able to come up for air can impact your ability to keep pushing through those hard moments. And it's a bonus if the air smells like chips and salsa. That's right. Right. (laughs) The other thing I was thinking, uh, the other, I guess, step that I would recommend our listeners take is to begin thinking about who you can put in your support network. Maybe even send them a text now, letting them know that you listen to these two crazy moms on a podcast who suggested that you contact people in your life that you hold in high regard and trust and ask them to be part of your support network. The right people will recognize what an honor it is to be chosen in that way. I know I do. Yes, definitely. Thinking of the past, I should have reached out, but I felt it was my problem. Yeah. And... 
I could handle it. Mm-hmm. I can do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And that's not the best way to handle it. No. It's you need people. And we're stronger together. Stronger together. Okay, friends. Well, that wraps it up for this week. I really hope that you found this information helpful and that it served you in some way today. In complete transparency, I want you to know that I am not in any way, shape, or form an expert in the field of parenting. No, you're not going to find any fancy initials after this name. In fact, You know, I'm just a mom like you who had to navigate some really tough experiences with my teenage kids. And in my own desperate need for hope and healing in my family and in my life, I've spent a lot of time and energy researching and referencing all the things because if there is one thing I have learned, it's that we're stronger together. Your ratings and reviews mean so much. In fact, they can make or break a podcast. So if you found this information helpful today, would you take 60 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review? It would mean so much to the mama who hasn't found us yet and to me. Oh, and don't forget to check out Pathways to Hope Network's website, And be sure to subscribe. Each week, we send out one to two messages that are designed to encourage and equip you as you find your path towards hope and healing. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Pathways to Hope Network is a nonprofit organization with a mission to serve families with children in the juvenile court system. And we do that by providing cost-free support, resources, and community. The link will always be in the show notes below. Remember, you were never meant to go through this alone.